The following program is pre-recorded. This is Simply for Women, a place for that mom who knows the chaos of life, the daughter who faces the challenges of the day, and for those women who want to deepen their faith. God invites us to take Him off our to-do list and to simply be, to simply be with Him. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Now here's your host, Jennifer Jackson. Such a beautiful day to simply be with you today. I wish we had a cup of coffee. We could drink some coffee together and chat, chat about the book of Ruth. I hope you're having a great day. We're going to talk about Ruth today. We are continuing in Ruth because there's so much. The Bible is so rich. It's so deep, and we want to learn. We want to grow close to the Lord. We've been talking on the previous show about commitment. Ruth made this unbelievable commitment to God, to Naomi, her mother-in-law, as they head back to Bethlehem. And so today I want to talk about commitment. I want to talk about friendship. You know, in this society that we live in, it seems like everything is disposable. Relationships are quickly disposed of. I think about all of the the paper products, everything that we use, we quickly dispose of so many things, even just our, our loads that we take to goodwill. We dispose of everything so quickly, don't we? It's a disposable society. But what are we committed to? Who are we committed to? Ruth. And Naomi, they chose to be committed to one another and to be committed to God. And we need to take that up as an example. Who are your friends? Do you have any long-term friends? You know, you can't get new old friends. (laughs) I love that saying because your old friends, they know everything about you. So they just already know who you are. You can't get new old friends. You can make new friends and commit to new people. Maybe some of your old friends aren't as committed to the Lord as you want them to be, but they still know you and you know them and we can get new friends, but who are your friends and what are your commitment to your friends? Who, how committed are you? Those are some questions we want to ask ourselves. I had some really great childhood friends that I haven't been able to find. I haven't been able to reconnect with them and I would love to find them, but I had one, her name was Lisa Walker and she lived in Indiana. We lived in Indiana for a short time when I was a child, in the middle of cornfields, there was a row of houses and a little little street. And I remember praying. I prayed that God would send me a friend. And one day I woke up, and there, a little brown-haired sixth-grade girl, she popped out of the moving truck. They had a moving van in the driveway, and I ran over there. We climbed trees together. We played together. We talked. We'd stay up late. We had so much fun. She was truly the perfect, most wonderful childhood friend. We had a great time together, and we loved each other. We were committed to each other. And I remember when we moved from Indiana back to Tennessee, I think I was in seventh grade. It was right before the fall of seventh grade. I cried and cried and cried on that car ride home. <laughs> oh, I was going to miss my friend. You know, you get those those good, good friends like that. And we, and we, we haven't ever reconnected but maybe i still think i'll find her one day so i haven't found her on on social media yet but i may yet find her sometimes god brings people across your paths again later so i'm hoping for that but who who are your long-term friends who are your good friends you know i love this because the women of bethlehem they come out and they approach naomi 
as she and Ruth are coming back to town. And they come out to meet her, and you get the feeling that they've known and loved one another for a really long time, over the years, over the miles, and these strong friendships are remaining. Perhaps they raise their kids together, cook together, gathered in the community, or at least, you know, they greeted one another at the local market over the years. But they know her by name. They know that Naomi is her name, and they're comfortable sharing openly. They talk about her distress. They knew and they love Naomi. So despite everything that she was going through, these women wanted the best for her. And as I said before, you just can't make new old friends. So it says in Ruth 1.19, so the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred. And because of them, the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Well, the fact was the city was excited that they came home. And it indicates that Naomi was well known in that area And then that this reception, it suggests that her family maybe even had a prominent place in that community, well-respected, a leading family. And if that's true, the contrast between how she was doing right now and how she used to have this position of dignity and honor, I think it would be even more painful. So she's coming home broken, sorrowful. She's honest. Don't call me Naomi. That means pleasant. Call me bitter. Uh, she's so transparent and honest with them. I really admire that about about Naomi. And I, I love the joy uh, f- for the women when they see her. And, and, you know, Naomi just wasn't easily identified. And I think it was due to her suffering. You know, you, when you've been through a hard place, physically or emotionally, I think it's people can see when you're tired. They can see when you're worn out. They can see when you're stressed out. And that's these women, the women of Bethlehem, they could see. Here comes Naomi. And, you know, I just love that Naomi's freedom to share her story of tragedy. And it it just suggests that she was open with those women. So how do you hope to be greeted by friends that haven't seen you for a long time? And how do you want to greet others that you haven't seen for a long time? So do you think this encouraged Naomi or do you think she was embarrassed? Have you ever found it hard to be transparent about your difficulties, even with people that you know the best? I I just, I don't know. I think the heart of these friends, is it revealed there? Let's look at the friends for a few few moments. It says in Ruth 4.14, the women said to Naomi, Praise be the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous through all Israel. So they're talking about Boaz. When Boaz comes on the scene, The women, they're noting a positive turn of events. Ruth 4.15, it says, the women said, He will renew your life, sustain you in your old age, for your daughter-in-law Ruth, who loves you, is better to you than seven sons. And and then another thing they said in in Ruth 4.17, they said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed, and he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. So, the friends were really into this. They were really involved. And how might the encouragement and concern of Naomi's friends compare to God's love for her? As we see later in the book of Ruth, their ongoing care was just on target for her. And the women, they see her deepest needs and they encourage her that God will do as he's promised and they celebrate with her. So I just think about these friends and it challenges me to ask myself, what kind of friend am I? What kind of sister am I? What kind of aunt am I? And what about you? Are you encouraging? Or even if someone's in a hard place, how do you respond? What do you do? 
Those are some things that these women from Bethlehem really cause us to stop and ponder. But here we are, you know, we're still in chapter one, even though we just stopped to look at the women. I want to stay in chapter one for a minute. Naomi, she has some complaints against God and she has questions and they're, you know, it's interesting because even though she has complaints, it does not prove that she turned away from God. Actually, I think on the contrary, because she's honestly admitting her bitterness and her despair. She's physically moved forward in faith upon this return home. And even though she's clearly confused and, and clearly questioning God's nature in this situation through her complaining, I think I like what I like about Naomi is she's going in the right direction. So, the very act of protest when it's directed toward God, it can be a sign of your hope and deliverance because Naomi, she utters this lament. So let's look at it in Ruth one twenty to 21. She says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara because the almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. So why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Whew, she just lays it out, doesn't she? Wow. But before judging her too harshly or wondering how committed she is to God, let's remember that God desires intimacy with us. God desires that we lean into our reality, our pain, and our sorrow, and we share openly with God how we feel. We don't have to hide from God. It is safe to be sincere and honest with God intimate with God and honest with our friends at the same time. And that's what Naomi did. I love the psalmist in Psalm 22. David says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. You know, we love David because God said he was after, that David was after God's own heart. That's why we love him. And that's, I think that's kind of why I love Naomi. You know, she's just so brutally honest with God. So it goes on in in Psalm 22. David says, my God, I cry out to you by day and you are not answering (laughs) by night. I'm finding no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. Don't you love that? Yet you are the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. You are the one our ancestors put their trust in. They trusted in you. You delivered them. They cried out to you and you saved them. They trusted in you and they were not put to shame. Oh, these laments of David and Psalms. He's engulfed in despair and the spirit. It's like he meets him in the very act of this open prayer and his hope is increased. Our hope is increased when we read this. And I'm telling you today that when you cry out to God, you share the bitterness and the anguish with God. He's going to meet you. He's going to deliver you. He delivered David and he delivered Naomi. He answered those cries. I love her honesty with her friends, her honesty with God, her transparency with her friends and God. And I love the end of the book of Ruth because we see it all coming full circle. God has provided for her. He's given her family. He's given her food. He's given her shelter. He's redeemed her life. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, How are you dealing with your personal suffering? And are you willing to allow God to assist you in the healing and restoration process? 
in what way has your understanding of God's character momentarily maybe distorted your thinking about your relationship with God because you're in a time of loss? But if you could just unpack it with him, unpack it with him day by day through your prayers, begin at ground level, rebuild what you believe. God is a safe place. So take some time, spend an extended amount of time with God this week. Lay it all out on the table. Allow him to meet you right where you are and to walk alongside with you. You are listening to Simply for Women. I'm Jennifer Jackson. It's a great day because we're reconnecting with God. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to jennifer-jackson.org. Send me an email and say, hey, I want to do the Book of Ruth study, and I'll send it to you in a download. We're going to have a guest in just a few moments. We aren't finished. Another woman who has a testimony, and she's going to encourage you with her faith. You're listening to Simply for Women. 